ourselves, we put our faith in Almighty God. You voted to make America great again. We are making America greater than ever before, and it's happening before your eyes. We will rekindle new faith in our values, new pride in our history, and a new spirit of unity that can only be realized through love for our great country. The American people voted to reject this corrupt globalism. This is the most important election in the history of our country. And yet, despite all of our greatness as a nation, everything we have achieved is now in danger. We will never give up. We will never concede. It doesn't happen. And when I'm reelected, the best is yet to come. gentlemen that's what it's all about and we gotta love that song uh by our friend uh uh caitlin and uh uh whalen jennings grandson their struggle jennings great song by them and uh that song's kind of been an anthem going around the world right now for freedom along with uh jim levy's song as well uh revolution it's great to see all of these artists especially these hip-hop artists finally come out after the last few years, I mean, you see Bryson Gray doing it now. You see all of these hip-hop artists really getting behind um, politics. Just getting behind politics. And that's what we've needed for a long time. We've needed the younger generation to really put their skills and what they do behind uh, their political passions so that it reaches more people. For the longest time, 
the movie industry, which still does have a grip on everything, but the music industry had a grip on everything, and that's just not the case anymore. People can be independent. People can have independent minds. People can be independent thinkers. They can put their music out there. They can put their art out there, and people resonate to it. And when you hear songs like that, and when you hear songs like uh, Jim Levy's um, uh, Revolution song, it just pumps you up. When you hear Build the Wall or, or Rebirth of America, it's, it's, it's high-energy music. And it's not like your traditional hip-hop that most people don't want to listen to because they can't really relate to the garbage that's being spewed about rims and cups and jewelry and all this stuff. So it's, it's, it's great to see that the music business that I was in for so long is actually um, embracing a political passion. Um, and it's time we stand up. We need, you know what? We need cheerleaders. We need fighters. We need people to, uh, uh, to support other people. We need people with music, music ability and musical talents in order to have rally cry songs. I mean, it's a whole pie, ladies and gentlemen, and it's baking really well right now all over the United States and all over the world, really. Like I titled this show, Down With Dictators, Rise Up Freedom. Yes, a lot of people are saying Getter is not working, something that I can't, uh, something that I can't wor- uh, deal with actually fix so it's not on my end um rumble was actually having problems this morning as well um got a hold of them and uh they said they were just experiencing some difficulties probably the attacks folks i mean if my website gets attacked uh, attacked 500 to a thousand times a month and i didn't spend the money on security and constant monitoring monitoring of my website imagine a site like rumble Who's offering uh, Joe Rogan a place? Who's offered where President Trump is? Imagine a place like Getter. That's the Twitter killer, of course, you guys. And we have to experience and we have to expect and expect to experience that kind of attack. Uh, They don't. They're not just not working because they're not working. They're not working because of a reason. And nine times out of ten, it's because of attack. So, folks. How you doing? Welcome to Live from America. You're locked and loaded right here with the ever so humble, God-fearing, and God-loving host of the show, Jeremy Harrell, the hip-hop patriot from the live, free, or die granite state of New Hampshire. It is February 8th, year of our Lord, 2022. Oh, where are the years going? And uh, as, as always, it's a blessing right here. I need prayers for my husband. He is in the hospital with COVID, says D. Konzimi. Um, we'll definitely, definitely hold your, uh, your husband in our prayers when we do our, uh, our time with the Lord this morning and, and beyond. Um, we just hope, hope he gets better and keep us updated, okay, on what's going on. Uh, prayers for Becky 80. She needs them. Has somebody heard back from her? If you have, let somebody in the chat know. Jeremy, uh, have you heard about the Texas National Guard member that was killed at the border? Very briefly, very briefly. I was going to talk to Ben about it today. Um, see what he actually knew about it. Uh, hi, Jeremy. Hola, familia. Wow, I couldn't see the chat in Rumble until now. I was there since 9.50 a.m. Yeah, again, folks, we got to experience that kind of stuff. That's why we have to work harder. You know when they try to censor us and we were and we build that show up bigger? Whoever's show gets censored, it gets built up bigger. Same thing with the attacks. When the attacks happens, we share more. It's their way to stop people from seeing it. So instead of sitting there and not doing anything, we need to fight back so more people see it. That's the entire, that's the entire game that's being played right now. Um, anyway, folks, I want to go to another video real quick. And this next video, hopefully, uh, hopefully it doesn't have a problem pulling up. Looks like it's okay. This next video is actually showing you how the people are outsmarting the police when it comes to the cans and the tanks of gas that they are carrying and getting to the truckers. Now, I know in some spots, 
The police are not even messing with gas cans or diesel fuel or anything like that. They're not even messing with it. But in other spots, a lot of different areas in Ottawa, the police are confiscating gas cans. And last night I watched three, four different videos of police literally swooping in as fast as they can, grabbing as many gas cans as they've seen, and then getting out of Dodge before they're surrounded by anybody. Well, this is the great thing about what's happening. When you start criminalizing people for aiding and abetting truckers who are not causing any crimes anyway, the people are going to find out a way to outsmart you, and that's exactly what they're doing in Ottawa, where protesters are gathering and walking around Ottawa, Ottawa with empty gas cans, literally empty cans, making it impossible for police to crack down on the fuel distribution. Now, I do have a, um, like I said, I had a video of this, so let me just get this pulled up here. It's pretty, it's pretty incredible to watch people, uh, watch people's ingenuity and how smart they are. Check this out. This is people walking around with what they call jerry cans, just nothing in them. Pretty incredible. Give it some sound here. It's a quick video. But all those people that walk around with cans, those are all empty. Those are all empty cans. Let's play it again. Like I said, it's going to make it dang near impossible for any police up there that have decided that they want to try to take anybody's gas cans or confiscate them or charge them with aiding and abetting. How are you going to do that when there's nothing in the cans? You gonna Are you going to prove that they had gas in the cans or that they are going to get gas no and it's not illegal to carry an empty gas can so (laughs) it's pretty smart and uh, you got to give it to these folks and you want to know something else here is my suggestion um, to the organizers of the American Freedom Convoy whenever that happens is and I'm sure I don't have to suggest this I'm sure everybody gets this but very 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 pay very close attention to the the things that work and the things that don't work, the mistakes that are made and the goal and the achievements that are, are done in Canada because there's going to be a lot of things that we can learn from and we got to give another big shout out to our neighbors to the north for leading the way, giving us a little bit of courage and letting us know what fighting for freedom actually looks like. Again, it's really incredible. Um, so the police are committing crimes. Interesting. Yeah, I know, right? It's weird too because we are the party that backs the blue, but it seems like the blue lately has been really just, I mean, for the most part, they've been brown shirts. And, and it's, really, it's really sad to see. It really is. I want to give a couple of reminders real quick to those uh, who are watching today. And, and if you could please spread the word. Um, I will be gone Thursday of this week. Uh, there will be a, uh, a live forum, just like there is right now. You'll be able to uh, talk with each other, uh, chat with each other. You'll be able to do rumble rants like you guys are doing this morning. It'll be, it, it, it'll be just like normal, uh, but there'll be no morning show on Thursday. Just an evening show, um, and we're going to have Dave Shostokas as the guest uh, talking about the Constitution, and he's going to, me, him and I are going to be doing a once-a-week show, uh, a, a segment in a show called Constitutional Corner, where we're going to go through, and we're going to go through the hundreds and hundreds of frequently asked questions about the Constitution, and we're going to break down to where the answer is inside the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and the Federalist Papers. So we're, that, that's going to be incredible. He'll be here uh, Thursday for Thursday night show, no morning show Thursday, and then Friday, there will be only a morning show, no show in the evening. 
Okay, we are coming back on Monday, but I won't be back in time to do either of the shows. So there'll either be a recorded version uh, played for Monday as well um, or something different. And I'll be back in studio on Tuesday. I will be releasing three five minute clips of of, of videos throughout that time just so that you guys can still uh, we can still all uh, be together and not be away from each other for five, six days at a time. And And of course, I'll also be doing a morning newsletter as well. How about a shout out? Jeremy says slab stick. Well, there you go. Slab stick. There's your shout out. Let's do some shout outs before we go to the Lord real quick. Terry Sue. Good. Good to see you. God bless you. Kelly Bruno. How you doing? Good to see you. Um, Bad Moon. How you doing? Very. uh, Thank you very much for joining in today. Sissy Mouse. How you doing? Good to see you. Thanks for joining in. Let me know who you are and where you're from, folks. It looks like the Getter is not working. So uh, all the people that are over there on Getter, Sandy N., how you doing? Good to see you. Uh, Wolfheart, no sound, no video. I apologize very much. I can't get Jeremy to pay attention to my chat text on Rumble, says Larry Reha. It goes too fast, my brother. It's not about me paying attention or not paying attention. I can't see 95% of the stuff, especially while trying to do the show. Um, thank you very much, Scotty. I appreciate that, brother. News feed not working on Getter. Yes, definitely. Thank you very much. Becky from Oklahoma. Russ Brizendine, Alabama. Good to see you, friend. Thank you very much. Stephanie from OHIO. Kathy Hamilton is here, she says. God bless you. Sharon and Sandy, how are you? Thanks for joining in here on Rumble. Michelle from Surprise, Arizona. Surprise, Arizona might be the very first state to decertify. We're going to be talking about that in the first and foremost section this morning. Denise from Northern Michigan. Good to see you, girl. God bless you. Rocks and cows country, Minnesota. (laughs) That's awesome. Jamie from New York. And let's give one more here to Brandon from South Dakota. Um, Not the kind of Brandon that we're thinking of anyway. Love this show. Becky from California. Thank you, Becky. I appreciate that. All right, let's get to the Lord, ladies and gentlemen. I sent out a newsletter this morning, and this morning's newsletter was a little different. I actually challenged uh, you guys to actually look up the verse so that we could actually, uh, everybody be familiar with the verse while going into it, okay? And uh, this is uh, titled this morning's verse, He Loved Us First. And I wrote, did you wake up and thank Jesus for what he did for you today? Think about it. If a person saved your life, By pushing you out of the way of an oncoming train and that person died while saving you or if that person willingly took a bullet for you in some kind of a botched robbery in a convenience store, wouldn't you spend the rest of your life feeling love for that person and praising them daily? You would also probably feel a little guilty, but with Jesus, you don't have to. With Jesus, you don't have to feel guilty. This is why he said on the cross, it is finished. Because he came to do just that. He came to sacrifice himself to save you. It wasn't a random act of kindness. It was his mission. So let him know how much you love him today. Okay? Let Jesus know how much you love him today for doing what he did on the cross. Let's not make that, let's not just, uh, you know, have that be a, uh, a thing that we overlook. The fact that he died on the cross. I mean, we all know it. We wear crosses to symbolize it. Okay, but to really think about what he did, to really think about if some human had done that for you, just some regular guy had done that for you, a regular girl, think about how much you would thank them the rest of your life. Think about how much you would try to do for their family for the rest of your life. That's the kind of thankfulness that we need to give Jesus every single morning. Verse of the day today comes from 1 John 4, 19. 
Today, we are going to try something different. I said, look up this verse in your Bibles on your, or on your phone because I'd like you to be familiar with it personally when we read it today. Again, John 4, 19, which says, we love him because he loved us first. Please share this video, folks. A lot of people are going to need to hear this. It's amazing how we miss the truth of this simple and straightforward scripture. God doesn't love us for what we do. We love God for what he's already done for us. All error in spiritual matters hinge on this point. Everything we do must be in response to God's love, not to obtain it. Any good deed, regardless of its merit, can be rendered unacceptable to God if our motives are to obtain his favor through what we do. He doesn't relate to us based on our performance. Praise Jesus. God commended his love to us while we were still sinners. Romans 5, 8 says he loves us because he is love, not because we are lovable. Only when we appreciate this unearned, unmerited love of God, can we truly love him in return. God is love and all love comes from him. Love doesn't originate with us. We can only give to the Lord and to others after we receive it from him. So relax. You don't have to force yourself to love God. All you need to do is focus your attention on how much he loves you. As you begin to explore the depths of his love for you today, you will automatically begin to love him in return. It's inescapable. Instead of, follow, instead of focusing on what you should be doing for the Lord, Focus on what he's already done for you, and then love and appreciate will flow freely from your heart toward your loving father. Amen? Isn't that pretty incredible? Again, folks, we're not saved by the works that we do, okay? We are saved by faith through grace, not what you do on this planet. Once you are saved through faith by grace, and you experience that love, you automatically will do holy things and you will automatically go do the Lord's um, eternal heavenly work. It won't even be a second thought of yours. You will automatically want to help people. You will automatically want to spread the gospel. You will automatically be a, like a moth to, fl to a flame for truth and love. And that's really what it's all about. Okay? And I really just wanted to focus on that this morning because I know there's a lot of people who've been down. I know there's a lot of people who've needed to really understand the love that God has for them. It's not based on what you guys are doing. There's nothing you can do. If you're afraid because you haven't gone to church in a little while or if you're upset because you haven't really, you know, focused on the word in a while or if you, or if you feel depressed because you haven't been out of the house helping people in a while, just remember, folks, you're not letting God down. Just accept his love. Just open up your heart and accept his love. That's it. And you've made him the happiest person ever, <laughs> really, when it comes down to it. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Let's say the Lord's prayer together, ladies and gentlemen, okay? And let's focus on people who really need those prayers, people that are in the hospital with COVID, people who've, just, who've passed away and their families are dealing with this, this atrocity that has come from the CCP, where we have our Olympic athletes right now getting treated like absolute garbage. Let's pray for all of them. Let's think of them and let's send these heavenly prayers their way all together. Here we go. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven, 
Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Happy birthday, Laterer. I wonder what Laterer's birth, uh, real name is. I'd love to see it. I wish I knew all your, your real names. It's really hard to read some of the handles. Um, stop the chat and we pray, says Bruce Carroll. Amen. Larry Reha, we've been making and taking it for three months every morning. Well, you must be talking about some kind of, uh, some kind of healthy drink or food. Amen. That's what we got to do. We got to stay healthy. I myself have been trying to uh, drop some pounds and get a little healthier as I get older. Now I'm starting to realize I ain't got much time, especially if I don't, uh, if I don't, uh, you know, start losing it. I ordered a, you can't beat God hot on the first and received it yesterday with a swamp donkey sticker and a smarty and a dum dum super fast delivery. Thank you for all you do. Let's thank my wife. Let's give a big shout out to Sabrina, my wife who works ever so hard. And of course our new producer, Eli, God bless you, Rosa. Thank you for the donation this morning. We're all working together folks as hard as we can to save this country and uh, all glory goes to God. So, all right, let's get right into it. Grab your cups. Slurp time. Slurp time, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, by the way, we have almost $2,000 in the Slurp Fund now. So we got some money to help some people. I think it's like $1,800 or something. I haven't really checked the exact amount, but it's close to that. It's somewhere around there. Uh, Thank you, Sabrina and Eli. I know that they hear that. Okay, here we go. First (coughs) and foremost section of the day, our friend, our friend, Arizona State Rep and Secretary of State candidate there in Arizona, Mark Fincham, has introduced a resolution to set aside and decertify three 2020 county elections in the great state of Arizona. Let's break it down. And by the way, because of our donations to Representative uh, Mark Fincham last week when he was on the show, we got to send him a check and he received that check yesterday. So we've all done a little bit of our part to help out what's going on in Arizona. And I want to thank you so, so very, very much. So very much. Okay, here we go. Arizona State Representative and Trump-endorsed Secretary of State candidate Mark Fincham introduced a resolution to decertify Maricopa County, the Maricopa County full forensic audit found over 700,000 ballot discrepancies and an irredeemably compromised election, period. There's no other way to say it, folks. Compromised election at the very least. Now, Mark Burnovich obviously is conducting his criminal investigation into the massive evidence in multiple Arizona counties, not just Maricopa, by the way. And it was reported that Representative Fincham had the resolution to reclaim Arizona's fraudulently certified presidential electors in the works. Well, folks... The historic resolution was introduced by Representatives Mark Fincham, Barton, um, Biasiucci, Burgess, Carter, Chaplick, Diaz, Fillmore, Martinez, Nguyen, Parker, and Senators Borelli, Rogers, and Townsend. People really standing up hard, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Greg. God bless you, Brett. Uh, God bless you, buddy. God bless you. Um, rhinos in the Arizona legislatures need to step up right now and sign on. Arizona House Republicans put out a tweet. State Representative um, at Real Mark Fincham introduced a resolution to set aside and decertify three 2020 county elections. So we know what we got to do, folks. We know who we got to get a hold of, right? 
We know who we have to get a hold of. We know who we have to call. We understand that there's senators and, um, and House members in that state who don't want anything, who literally don't want anything at all to happen and as it pertains to the, uh, to the 2020 election. So we have to make sure that they're on board. Look, look, look at these people that are putting their own money. Like some of that money that we uh, sent Fincham, Guess where that's going to go? It's going to go back to him because he has already racked up now $24,000 on his personal credit card in order to conduct these, uh, these investigations. He's already put his own money, $24,000, because people will not step up to the plate and help out. And I told him, I said, had we all known this a long time ago, we would have raised that in two days, easily. If it was all about money, ladies and gentlemen, when it came to these forensic audits, if it was about money, look what we've done for Mike Lindell. Look what we've done for people who fight for us and their companies. Mike Lindell has probably made twice what he would have made with those box stores. Maybe not. I don't know. But he deserves it. His company deserves it. His people that work for him deserve it. And us helping them is just our way to get into the fight. Us doing that financially, lifting people up, is our way that people that that Johnny in middle of North Carolina or Sue in the middle of Vermont or Peggy in Idaho can get involved in Arizona. Because what happens in Arizona affects what happens to Johnny, Sue, and Peggy, and Jeremy, and 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 uh, Alyssa, and and Rosa, and Jane. It affects all of us. So it's not a money thing, ladies and gentlemen. If it's a money problem, let us know. We'll take care of it. There's enough of us out here to collectively throw in 20, 30, 40, or 50 bucks and help this country move forward. But it's not. It's not. And it's not just a money thing. It's these ridiculous rhinos who stand in the way. And we're going to be exposing some of them today. Okay? And I really wish, and I get it, there has to be some kind of um, decorum when you are an official, uh, an elected official like Mark Fincham or like Wendy Rogers. But if I was an elected official, I would risk being removed from my position to call these people out by name like a pit bull and not worry about the backlash. And that's what I wish that some of these elected officials would do. I wish that they would do what you and I do every single day, and that's scream from the top of our lungs, this isn't right, you're a loser, get it together, or we're going to send the people to light you up. And I'm talking like metaphorically here, okay? When I say light you up or take you down or anything like that, and this is just for the FBI, the NSA, and anybody else who listens and watches my show and is thinking of some way to get rid of Jeremy Harrell since the censorship didn't obviously work, Everything I speak of is, po- is a political analogy or a political metaphor. Just I want to put that disclaimer out there, okay? I just want to keep that disclaimer out there so everybody's just, you know, understands exactly what I mean when I say these things. <laughs> it's pretty incredible. Anyway, folks, let's go ahead and read a little bit more of this. State Representative Mark Fincham introduced HCR 2033. Now, HCR 2033 is a concurrent resolution calling for the elections of Maricopa County, Pima County, and Huma counties to be set aside based on clear and convincing evidence that the elections in those counties were irredeemably compromised. I agree. The question first raised over a year ago about the legitimacy of the 2020 general election um, and evidence and testimony collected since November 3rd has reached a point of clear and convincing and is now in the hands of, of course, Mark Burnovich. 
Citations and various elements justifying the resolution can be found in the body of the resolution. So everything that we've talked about here on Life from America, all that evidence, every way they did something, ladies and gentlemen, every, every way that they cheated is in, those res- is in that resolutions and it's broke down and then cited to where they can go and actually read the entire story or the entire uh, report, I should say. Um, the Supreme Court of the United States has even noted that whatever provisions may be made by statute or by the state constitution to choose electors by the people, there is no doubt of the right of the legislature to resume the power at any time. And we know this because of McPherson, 146 U.S. at 35, okay? And also, ladies and gentlemen, Bush v. Gore, 531 U.S. at 104, the state, of course, after granting the franchise in the special context of Article 2, can take back the power to appoint the electors. They have plenary power. This is what... Rudy Giuliani and Jenna Ellis were trying to get the state legislatures to understand when, the, when, when all this happened. Look, I'm going to tell you guys something that you may not want to hear, and you, we're really going to break this down on Thursday's show when we have, um, when we have uh, Dave Shostokas on, who is a constitutional attorney. Um, when this little feud between President Trump and Mike Pence... Neither of them are really right and neither of them are really wrong when it comes to this because we are in such an unprecedented time, okay, with what happened. The state legislatures are really the ones at fault here, okay? Even more than Mike Pence, it's the state legislatures that are truly the ones at fault here because they did not know their power. They did not know the abilities they had. They did not know in, in which manner that the powers uh, of their elected a seat um, the authorities that they had. They didn't know that they could take power back. They didn't know that these people couldn't circumvent them and create different election laws in the middle of a pandemic. It's never happened before. It's never happened in our lifetimes before. So the state legislature is more at fault here than even Mike Pence. Mike Pence doesn't have the authority as the vice president, as the Senate, as the president of the Senate, as a lot of people think. He, he would have had the authority had the state legislature got off of their cans and actually sent an official slate of electors. That would have happened. If, he, if they would have sent an official slate of electors, and we've talked about this before on Live from America, this isn't anything new, okay? Then Mike, Mike Pence would have had the power to choose between the different slates of electors. Not that that coward would have chose the competing slate of electors. I'm not saying that in any way. I do believe he's a rhino. I do believe he's a coward. I do believe he had an agenda. I'm more mad at Mike Pence than I've ever been at anybody in my life because I put my reputation on the line trying to back this guy. Everybody here knows how butthurt I am over that. And it's, no, it's not news. It's not news. But the reality of it, ladies and gentlemen, and what people are not going to want to hear is President Trump is not really 100% right when he said Mike Pence had the authority to do that. The authorities that that guy had during that time would have been given to him if the state legislatures would have got off their cans and understood exactly the power that they had. They were reactive instead of proactive. So by the time Rudy Giuliani and Jenna Ellis came to them and said, look, you have the power to do this, you have the power to do this, there was a bunch of finger pointing going on. There were too many rhinos in the mix. And the governors would not call a special session to bring them back in time in order to send an official competing slate of electors. That's the whole gist of everything, folks. That's the gist of everything. And people need to understand this. And people need to also understand, which we'll break down on Thursday's show, but the difference between a right, a privilege, and an authority. Mike Pence didn't have the right to or the right not to do anything. He had the authority 
authority to do something, not a right. We all have rights. His position as a vice president and as the Senate's president, the president of the Senate, he had the authority to do it only if the state legislatures would have got off their you-know-whats and sent him a competing slate of electors, which they didn't. He didn't have an official competing slate of electors to choose from. Now, that's not me in any way. I just want to reiterate, that's not me defending this guy in any way. What I'm trying to do is give the people the truth, good, bad, or ugly, so that they know that the power has always resided in the state electors. They did not have a different slate of electors, Terry. They didn't. They didn't. They had a group of people who wanted to pull the electors back, not the official body where they actually were called into session and did it the right way, who ended up convening outside of Capitol buildings and sent their own slate of electors. It was not an official competing slate of electors like it was back in the 1800s when this happened before. That's the difference. And people are, they don't, people can't wade through the social media BS in order to get to the actual reality and the truth of it. The truth of it is the state legislatures are at fault for all of this. They allowed this to happen. They allowed it to happen because they didn't know. They were too ignorant to the, the power and the authorities that they had at the time. It's really, a, it's really a mess. But getting back to the state legislature, folks, even the Supreme Court, like I just read, gives the state plenary power to create their own election laws. That's why HB1 would never be constitutional. It would never be constitutional. So anyway, we're going to give a big shout out to Representative Mark Fincham. The bill, in case you want to know, the resolution is HCR. The resolution is HCR 2033, 2033, 2033. I agree, Bad Moon. Did not know is not an excuse. I I agree 100%. You're going to have that position. You should know what your power is. You should know what your authority is in that position. You shouldn't have to wait for Rudy Giuliani and his, his hair dye to stream down his face to, to come and sweat and tell you that. You shouldn't have Jenna Ellis come and tell you that. You should know that. You should know that. And I know that's the case, ladies and gentlemen, because I've talked to many of these state legislatures since then who said, we didn't know. We didn't know. Jeremy, I, had, I, I can send you proof from Professor Toto, Pence had all the authority to stop this. You can send all the proof you want, but I can tell you by reading the Constitution, he only had the power to stop it if he had the proper slate of electors officially sent from each state. That's just the gist of it. Now, people can put their opinions in it all they want. Now, there is another thing about in the Constitution that says fraud vitiates everything. Fraud vitiates everything. Somebody said if he didn't have the power, then why are they writing legislature to to take it away? They're writing legislature to take away his power to change the election or overturn it if he had the proper documents. That's what, or she, whoever's vice president at that time. That's what they're writing to change. So there's a lot of people saying a lot of different things here. And really, all of them are right and all of them are wrong. But the truth is in the middle. The truth is in the middle and it's the state legislatures. Those are where everything is the problem. Yes, we have the, dr- the swamp in D.C., but they, they literally get their power from the states. And I know it doesn't seem that way. I know it doesn't look that way when you, when you, when you go on TV and you hear all this stuff. And, and yes, fraud does vitiate everything. But you have to have the people in the power to show this fraud and to accept this fraud and to put this fraud in front of judges. And, they, and there was too many people in the swamp. There was too many in the pe- people in the swamp to allow that to happen at a national level. It's why it had to happen at a state level from the very beginning. And we were reactive rather than proactive. 
We were reactive rather than proactive. Opinions are like you know what, and everybody's got one. But the fact of the matter is the Constitution is not a very hard thing to read, and that's why we're going to start doing Constitutional Corner here because I want you guys to be equipped with what's true, not with what people say. It just is what it is. I know it's not an, I know it's not a popular opinion for me to come on here and say President Trump is not really right and Mike Pence is not really right. Neither of them are looking at this from a constitutional point of view. Both of them are looking at it from a, well, I did or, I, or he did or he did not or I did or I did not have the power. The answer is right in the Constitution. It's right in the Constitution. Those slates of electors that were sent to Mike Pence were not officially sent from the legislative body. They just weren't. They were sent from people who wanted to pull the electors back, who were pro-Trump electors sitting outside the Capitol buildings, making their own, um, their own slates and sending them, but they weren't official. You can't do it like that. It just doesn't work. Pence was listening to objectors. Yeah, no, Pence, I, I agree. I agree. Pence could have done something. Pence could have done something. I agree he could have done something. He could have said, look, we need more time to look at this. I can't accept these at this time. Let's, convene, let's, let's put a pause on this for 60 days. Let's put a pause on this for 30 days. Let's put a pause on this for 24 hours. He could have done something like that. But he did not have the right to say, I'm not accepting those if there was not another official slate of electors to come. I don't know really which way other way to say it, but that's the truth. It really is. Big shout out to Mark Fincham. Let's move on, ladies and gentlemen, because we're rhino hunting right now. We're going to keep rhino hunting. But before we do, before we do, we're going to go ahead and give, um, we're going to go ahead and give Mark Fincham the Smarty Award of the day because he's fighting and putting his own money up, and that's that's the real thing to do. I can't stand Mike Pence. I know I'm just like you guys, man. I'm just like you guys. I cannot stand that guy in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> and I hate to see this feud between the two when neither of the two are really talking about the Constitution. They're talking about what they wish would have happened. It's just you got to wade through that stuff. It is what it is. Moving on from Arizona to MO, the show me state of Missouri, ladies and gentlemen, where we're going to go rhino hunting for a minute. 14 out of the 22 Republican senators joined Democrats there to defeat a 7-1 to redistricting map. This is happening all over the country right now. Look, Democrats are getting the best, getting the upper hand on this redistricting, even though they're not supposed to be. Redistricting happens based on population. Every 10 years, the maps, the, elect, the, um, the, the election maps are redistricted and moved and changed around based on the population of those, of those areas. More people have left blue states and went to red states in the last year than any time in history. And yet the Democrats are getting the upper hand on changing the, uh, the, the maps to fit their agendas? That shouldn't be what's happening. And it's not. That's really what not is not what's actually happening. What's happening is the Republicans are caving and giving the Democrats these redistrict maps to, 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 uh, to, to redistrict them in a way that it would favor them over Republicans. They're giving it to them. That is the problem, folks, is rhinos, rhinos, rhinos. Let's go down and break this story down so we can find out who these Republican rhinos are, okay? In Missouri, state Republicans in the Senate turned down an attempt to create a map of congressional districts that would place the state in a 7-to-1 Republican lead. Think about that. Before we go on with the rest of the story, think about what I just said. A 7-to-1 Republican lead. That is where it would be if, if it was the right way, if it was done the right way. 
But 14 Republicans joined all the Democrats to defeat that bill. Wow. In Missouri, the Republicans created the map that benefits uh, the Democrat Party in this year's redistricting effort. In Missouri, where President Trump won the 2020 election by almost 20%, the state is now redistricting its congressional districts. This effort has been secretive. Rhinos has been secretive. Rhinos in the state are attempting to push through the redistricting as quick as possible that actually favors the Democrats. While Republicans in several states, including Missouri, are gifting congressional seats to Democrats, the Dems are vicious in their attempts to build maps that give them every, every possible seat imaginable in blue states. And yesterday, a vote was held on, the Senate, uh, by Senator, on Senator Bill Eigel's effort to put together a map that benefited the Republican Party in the state. The vote was defeated after 14 rhinos joined with the Democrats to turn down a plan that best benefited the Republican Party. Now, I have this pulled up on a screen, so I'm going to show it to you guys so you can read it yourselves so we can really see the names. This way you guys can screenshot it. Okay? Hold on one second here. This way you guys can screenshot this. I don't know why it's not allowing you to see it. Well, we'll just put it this way. Here we go. Here's the, uh, here, here was the actual official vote. And there you see the names. Here is the Republicans who voted yes. Here is the Republicans who voted no. Okay? Down here, if you scrolled further, if you actually pulled this up and scrolled further, you would see the Democrats. But up here is the Republicans, okay? Here we go. Bean. Burns Coder. Brown, Sear Piet, I guess that's how you say it, Crawford, Gannon, Hegman, White, Schwartz, Roden, Reeder, O'Laughlin, Lewickmeyer. Ho, these are the Democrats, or the, the Republicans, ladies and gentlemen, who voted no and voted with the Democrats. And not one single Democrat voted yes. So take a screenshot of that and make sure you get the whole thing there. Take a screenshot of this so you have it, okay? That way you guys have it. And that way, somebody in the chat, and I'll do this too once we get off the show and have a little time, somebody in the chat needs to find out the, the, the full name and the number and the email for each one of those Republican rhinos so that we can email them and that we can do what we do here on this show, and that is... Light them up, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to light them up. 14. How does that even happen? How do you have, I mean, the bill would have passed. We would have had a seven to one redistricting uh, in, in favor of Republicans. And we go from that to giving the Democrats all the seats that they want. And we would have had it. We would have had it in the bag. So it's not necessarily the Democrats that are, that are uh, getting to cheat and redistrict uh, in, in their favor, even though people have left their areas and move to red states it's the republicans in those red states that are giving them the seats look i know this is not a lot of good news that you're getting today but this is going to be one of those shows where you're just going to have to take it as it is and you're going to have to understand that the truth is the truth regardless of what social media says facebook says twitter says these candidates say these presidents say the truth is always there in the pudding and all you got to do is find it all you got to do is find it. White is my Missouri senator representative, says Chad Phillips. 
Lisa, Jeremy, thank you for the truth. What is the school in D.C. from yesterday? I don't know what off the top of my head. I apologize. Um, more homework, says Kayla. Dang it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, hey, we all got to get into this fight, right? Uh, freedom is not free, says Greg. Amen. Amen. You are right. I also watched Professor Toto, who is very familiar with the Constitution. Pence had all the authority to send the electoral seats back to the states and did not. Trump is correct. Well, I don't have to listen to Trump and I don't have to listen to Toto and I don't even have to really listen to David Shostokas. All I really have to do is go to that little beautiful uh, pocket Constitution and read it there for myself. That's really all I have to do. And that's all we all have to do. Pence did have the authority, had the state legislatures done what they were supposed to do. That is correct. He does not have the authority to just say, nope, not taking them. He does have the authority to suspend it while an investigation happens to show proof of that fraudulent election. Yes, he does. But I would love to debate um, anybody who actually wanted to have a real debate with the Constitution in front of us on whether he had the power to do it alone. I would love to be proved wrong on that. I really would because it would teach me something. You know what I mean? From right now, what I know is based on what I read in the Constitution, and that is the states have that power. The vice president can do can, or this president of the Senate, I should say, can if he has the authority to do it. He did not have the he did not have choice. He can, he should have suspended is what he should have done so that we could have done the proper investigation. That's what he should have done. He could have done that. But again, I'm glad that we're having this discussion and this debate back and forth live interacting while we're doing the show. It's actually a pretty good way to do things. It keeps things fresh in our mind. It takes half the people that don't believe what I'm saying, gets them passionate about it. They'll go look it up. They'll read it. They'll talk about it amongst themselves and their friends. It takes the other half of the people that agrees with what I'm saying, and they'll go and they'll do their research. And all in all, we all win because we're all becoming, um, we're all becoming more intelligent. Jeremy, why did John Adams reject some electors john adams rejected some electors because some of the uh, some of the electors that he the the ones that he did reject he had the power to reject those based on what happened in those states see it all goes back to the states that is where they that is where those people in those in those positions get all of their power and all their authority from but things have to be done certain ways in the state in order to give that person that power to do that We're in a very different situation than we were back then. A very different situation. First of its kind, really. And really, what would have given Pence the authority to do that would have been the state legislatures themselves. But they didn't know that they had to officially be called into session, go in there, and give a competing slate of electors based on the fraud that came up in that time period. And no governor called them back. So it's really the governor's fault of those states. It really gets tricky. And again, maybe because of its first of its kind, maybe maybe something should be amended in order to properly uh, put that in place. Maybe that's the case it needs to be. But again, ladies and gentlemen, the Constitution, much like the Bible, was written very matter-of-fact, and you have to take it matter-of-fact. You can't twist it and turn it like constitutional attorneys have done over the years. And maybe David Shostokas is one of those guys. I don't know him to be like that. He's pretty textual. He goes right back to the text and he reads every word, and he says that every single word of the Declaration of Dependence of independence has a back uh, a history to every single word that's why they use those words so i mean he goes down and breaks it word for word so it would be it would be pretty incredible to be honest with you it'd be incredible to, to see those two have a debate it really would and i'm not diminishing toto i'm not saying that i'm smarter than him at all i'm just saying based on what i've read and what i've seen and how i interpreted it based on its text that's all 
<clears throat> okay, let's move on. Wisconsin Election Commission. Uh, five of the six, by the way, who will be future felons. Mark my words on that. Uh, they, when the, the Republicans started requesting database information from them as, as far as being able to do the audit and do the forensic audit in Wisconsin, the Wisconsin Election Commission charged the Republican groups 12500 for each voter data request in the 2020 election. Do you want to know how much they charged similar Democrat groups looking to get the similar data? Zero. Zero. That's your Wisconsin Election Commission. By the way, five of, of, of the six whom are going to be charged with felonies at some point. In May, 19, in May 2019, excuse me, a memo from the WEC was unearthed showing how the state charges entities for information within the ERIC voting roll system, the one, the same ERIC voting roll system that Louisiana got rid of and that Arizona's trying to get rid of under Mark Fincham right now. These fees, however, were not consistently assessed during the 2020 election cycle. A document unearthed from 2019 in Wisconsin shows that the state had an agreement with the ERIC voter roll maintenance system and used this system to manage the state's voter rolls. Uh, Since the report, Louisiana has voted to stop using the ERIC system. Arizona calls to end the state's relationship with ERIC, and Florida patriots are now raising the same concerns because it was founded and funded by Soros. That's That's the entire reason why. The unearthed document in Wisconsin was related to the ERIC system, and it's, uh, there are two points to the memo that are highlighted, okay? The first point is what is to be expected in the data housing of ERIC. Under 2015 Act 261, the, e- the Elections Commission is required to enter into a membership agreement with ERIC. The agreement must, A, safeguard the confidentiality of inf- information and data in the registration list, and B, prohibit the sale or distribution of the information or data in the registration list to a third-party vendor and prohibit any other action not associated with administration of our compliance with the agreement, okay? The second point is the costs charged for the sharing of the data. The commission currently sells voter registration data to various individuals and organizations and under state statute is required to use fee revenue to cover both the cost of reproduction and the cost of maintaining the list. Why the list is being sold to anybody, I don't know. That shouldn't be allowed anyway. The commission currently charges a base $25 fee plus $5 for up to 1,000 records. $5 $5 for each additional 1,000 records and a maximum of 12500 for the sale of voter registration data. Now, what the documents show is that every single Republican request to the Wisconsin Election Commission was charged the maximum, $12,500. And then you compare that with the same Democrats who also requested very similar data and they were charged $0. So my question is why? And the only way we're going to get that answer to the reason why is if we are to get some of the Wisconsin Election Commission members on this show. I doubt that's going to be possible. I doubt that's going to, um, they're going to come on this show. I've not reached out to them. I'm going to be honest with you. But maybe, just maybe, we should try to get any or all of the members of the Wisconsin Election Commission on this show to not only answer for the felony crimes that they committed, but also to answer for why they're charging the Republicans the maximum fee for any kind of data request, but charging the Democrats literally zero for the same information. That's the problem. That's the problem. 
Um, the tuition of $40,000 a year, Bargain Queen said. Is it the Wisconsin Election Commission? Is that what you're saying? I missed the cross in the background. Don't worry, we're going to go back to the cross. I like to just switch it up once in a while. Jeremy, please invite Professor Toto on the show. You will love him. I bet I would. I bet I would love him. If anybody's got any information on him to reach out to him, give, uh, give it to me and I'll reach out to him. Love to have him on. What I'd love to do is get him and David Shostokas on, both constitutional uh, experts, and have them have that conversation with me be the moderator. That would be great. That would be the wonderful thing to have. Toto was in D.C. on January 6th. Wonder if the feds called on him. Good question. Jeremy, you should get Caitlin Bennett from Liberty Hangout uh, for an interview. I've actually interviewed her before at CPAC. She's definitely a wonderful person. Texas peeps, look at Chad Pratger better than West or Abbott. You know, what's funny, though, and I'm going to go off script here for a minute, but what's funny is the the Abbott-West um gubernatorial race it's it's funny because there's a lot of people like i would rather have candace taylor win in georgia right if i had a choice i would love to see candace taylor be the governor of georgia she's got a very 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 big uphill battle okay and politics is a game and i hate that it's a game but my friend melanie is right it is a game and president trump is learning how to play that game very well to beat them at their own game But politics is a game, and that is why Vernon Jones dropped out of the race only if he could get President Trump's endorsement to run for another position, which is happening, so that they can clear the way for for Purdue to beat Kemp, okay? No mention of Candace Taylor anywhere, which blows my mind. But in the game of politics, it's about who can win, not not, uh, who should win. And that's the game that I'd like to change. I'd like to change that disgusting game of politics in this country from who can win to who should win. And I guarantee you, if the Republican Party, President Trump, and all of these people with power and money put their, uh, put their endorsement behind somebody like a Candace Taylor, she then would be the front runner. And I really, really hate the fact that people that we trust endorse people that we don't trust. That bothers me. I'm not going to lie. That kind of ticks me off a little bit. I do not trust Purdue. Purdue's a rhino. Purdue's a rhino. Let's just say it and call it like it is. He's a weak. He's weak and he's a rhino. He doesn't know how to fight and he's a rhino. So I don't understand why he gets an endorsement, but I do get the game and the game is who can win, not who should win. I get it. Maybe under reeled in under President Trump, these people won't be so weak and maybe they'll make us proud after they win. Time will tell. But I'd rather not gamble on that time would tell. I'd rather gamble on the people that I know would do the job the best. Not over who has the best popularity and who has the most money. I hate that. I hate that with a passion. Something should be done in this country about the way we vote. I would like, to be honest with you, here's my personal opinion. And again, I'm not smarter than Toto. I'm not smarter than Dave Shostokas. I'm not smarter than President Trump. I'm not smarter than any of those guys. At all. And I'll never think that I say or think that I am. But what I would like to see is President Trump not play their game and create a new game. Create a new game. That's what I would like to see. Create a new game of honesty and integrity and not play by their games. I get it. He's learning their games. He's playing it. He's going to beat them at their own game. I do get it. I'm not stupid. 
I'm not out of touch. I understand what's going on, and I understand the game very well. I just don't like it. That's all. All right, let's move on, folks, because we don't have a lot of time left, and I have a lot of stories to get to, so I'm just going to I'm gonna probably cut one out. But what I do want to uh, touch on is, uh, is the FDA for a minute, because the FDA and Pfizer, big conflict of interest, but have been working together in order to stop the documents from being released on how the FDA approved Pfizer so quickly. What was, the, what was all the studies that were done up to the very beginning of the manufacturing and the production of the vaccine until it was fully approved? What was that process? What was that conversation? What was that back and forth? What was the entire process in which that happened? We're waiting on those documents, and a federal judge ordered the FDA and Pfizer to produce those documents and not wait for 75 years. We all know this. But the FDA and Pfizer continue to work together, which I don't understand is how is not a huge... I don't, I don't understand how that's not a huge conflict of interest. I don't even understand how that's legal, to be honest with you. How Pfizer can work with um, the FDA as a partner, almost. The FDA should have nothing to do with Pfizer. They should get the product, get the ingredients, do their tests, Take all the information and all the tests that have been done from outside sources, third-party companies, what's so, what have you. Take all that together and then determine whether or not that they put the, progr- the product out. Not work with Pfizer to get it out and then work with Pfizer to hide it from the American people. That's how you know the FDA is crooked. But now we've got another delay, folks. This is, this is what I'm talking about. This is what we have to continue to fight in this country and what nobody seems to understand. Because now the FDA and Pfizer have worked together to delay it once again. A federal judge has restructured the timeline for the FDA to release FOIA Pfizer vaccine documents and issues no ruling on if Pfizer can interfere or not. And the first batch was set to release on January 31st. But now the FDA has another month. So my question is, what are they hiding? We know what they're hiding. You have two companies working together, one who's supposed to be completely unbiased and a, uh, an arm of the government wor- working for and looking out for the best interest of the people, and the other is a pharmaceutical company who rakes in billions off not caring about what their products do to people, and they're working together? <sighs> a federal judge issued an order that grants the U.S. Food and Drug Administration one more month to comply with the Freedom of Information Act request that requires the agency to begin turning over all 450,000-plus documents that were analyzed in its decision to approve Pfizer's COVID-19 vaccine. Yes, um, on Wednesday last week, Texas Northern District Judge Mark Pittman made the decision after the group behind the FOIA request, which is Public Health and Medical Professionals for Transparency, filed a joint status report that reached an agreement with the government on how fast the documents will be produced. The FDA originally had asked for 75 years, but Judge Pittman shot that ridiculous request down and in January, setting a schedule that would see the documents turned over in a matter of months. The original timeline for the documents to come out required the FDA to release 12,000 documents on January 31st and 55,000 documents every 30 days after, which would have taken a total of eight months to get everything out. Thankfully, the new schedule does not prolong the overall timeline by too much, but it does backload it significantly, leaving the information in the hands of an agency that has already been deceptive and and hiding information for months and actively attempting to cover its own butt. 
It's also worth pointing out that the FDA was allowed to squeak past the original deadline by a couple of days without producing anything at all, even before this new ruling went into effect on February 2nd. Instead of being required to release the first batch of documents as originally planned, the FDA now has until March 31st and will be required to release 10,000 pages with another 10,000 pages following on April 1st. Long story short, ladies and gentlemen, our own government is working with billionaire Pfizer uh, pharmaceutical companies, Johnson & Johnson, Moderna, to be non-transparent to the people that give them the power to to have the position that they're in in the first place. Like I said in the beginning of this show and like I titled it, down with dictators, rise up freedom. This is going to be a major, major, major year for change in this country. Now, you're not going to see it today. You're not going to see it tomorrow. You're not going to see it the next day. You're going to see it collectively every day until you look back and go, wow, just like we did this last year. We looked back this last year and we said, wow, look what we did. Look what happened. Look at the way we fought. Look at the way we've, look what the the change that has come because of us fighting. And that's how it's going to happen. Day by day by day, we're going to keep fighting. You know how we don't change the world. You know how we don't take the power back. You know how we don't uh, down with dictators and rise up freedom as if we do nothing. If I don't come on here every day and give you the truth, then we don't fight. People like me that are doing this, this isn't the funnest job in the world. I can tell you that. My life is like this. Up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. It's my job to try to wade through all of the lies and the opinions, get to the truth and give it to you and hopefully have it actually make a mark on you and, and, and you guys can actually do something with the news. So today's show was filled with a lot of stuff. It's like, okay, what do we, all right. Don't take it as a loss, guys. Don't take today's show as, oh, this bad news is just a loss for us. It's not. It's not. We've had a heck of a lot more good days than we have bad in the last year. Today's show is just saying, okay, here's what's going on, folks. Here's what we have to do. And then piece by piece, we handle it. We call who we got to call. We light up who we got to light up. It's, it's, we're, all, we're all big boys and big girls here. We all have our big boys and our uh, big boy pants on and our big girl pants on. And we've all been fighting. And we're going to keep fighting. It's my job to make sure that you guys have the ammo that you need. That's what you pay me to do and that's what I'm here to do. You don't pay me to give you fluff stories. You don't pay me to lie to you. You don't pay me to tell you everything's going to be okay if we just, you know, do nothing. Everything will be okay if we do something. And now I, to end the show today, I want to touch on this Joe Rogan story because as much as you guys don't think it's actual news, it is. It's bigger than you think, okay? So whether you do listen to Joe Rogan or whether you don't listen to Joe Rogan, this is a bigger news story than you think. Why? Because of the size of his audience. Because of the size of the audience that he has, he can affect a culture change like never before. So Joe Rogan finds himself smack dab in the middle, ladies and gentlemen, of something he probably did not want to be a part of. But God chose him to do it. Why? God chose him to do it because Joe Rogan doesn't represent a political party. Joe Rogan represents something that we've all been fighting for. The freedom to be able to go on air, have intelligent debate and conversation, regardless of if it's bad news, good news, or whatever, as long as we're getting um, to the truth of things and have an opinion about that truth. That is what Joe Rogan stands for. And when he has 11 million people watching him, which is over 10 times what CNN has or MSNBC, which is like seven times higher than what Fox has, it's not about Joe Rogan, folks. And it definitely dang sure isn't about Joe Rogan when it, as it, when it comes to the left. They don't care about his name. 
All they care about is a guy with 11 million viewers, is off script, and he's off key. That can't happen. Because what it does is it drops the bottom out of these other companies even faster. It takes the legitimacy and the justification of all of their banning and suspensions completely out, throws it out the window. And it makes everybody who didn't see what was going on see what was going on. And it will take the focus off these big companies and put it where it needs to be. And that's with freedom. That is why this is bigger than people think it is. It was only a question of time before the all-out war on, on Rogan be, uh, was to begin. He's way too big, like I said. He's off-key, and they cannot permit him to keep going. He's off-agenda. Uh, they cannot permit him to keep going. Every major institution right now is united to destroy Joe Rogan, including the White House press secretary and the president himself. Speaking on behalf of the federal government, trying to, shut, trying to demand Spotify shut Joe Rogan down. They said censoring his shows aren't enough. You got to com- get rid of him completely. This is why this is so important. Because every major institution, every major social media company, every major news company, and even up to the White House is trying to get this guy banned. And you got to ask yourself, why? Now, a lot of people say Rogan is a distraction. Rogan's even more than that. It's even bigger than that, folks. Because if Rogan leaves Spotify and goes to Rumble, what do you think happens? What do you think happens to their, the whole thing? He's, he's the most listened to and watched person in, in podcast history. The whole thing crumbles if Rogan leaves Spotify. That is why they have to make Spotify make him leave rather than him leave on his own. They have to show discipline. They have to show fear. They have to show, look what we do to you if you don't comply. He has to go, see you later, sayonara. And if he does that, it's like the difference between quitting and getting fired. You know what I mean? Now, President Trump had some very, uh, a very harsh suggestion for Joe Rogan, but, a very friend, but some friendly advice. President Trump put out a statement yesterday that said, Joe Rogan is an interesting and popular guy. But he's got to stop apologizing to the fake news and the radical left maniacs and lunatics. How many ways can you say you're sorry, Joe? Just go about, uh, about what you do so well and don't let them make you look weak and frightened. That's not you and it never will be. Now, President Trump and Joe Rogan actually have a friendship. President Trump and Joe Rogan and Dana White, they're all friends. They've all hung out many times together. President Trump actually wanted to be on Joe Rogan's podcast when he was president, but Joe Rogan would not go to the White House for a 30-minute interview. He wanted President Trump to come to him for a three-hour interview where they can sit down and discuss everything under the sun for three hours. And maybe, just maybe, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know, but it looks like to me President Trump is gearing up to go on Joe Rogan. And if President Trump goes on Joe Rogan's show, it'll be the largest viewed video and podcast in the history of the world. Remember when Joe Rogan had Alex Jones on, how big that was? This would dwarf that. And President Trump would be smart to do that because if President Trump went on Joe Rogan's podcast, it would have 20 to 25 million viewers initially and it would go on to be the largest watched uh, video ever as it pertains to that kind of style of a podcast anyway. And I believe that's what President Trump is doing. 
I believe that's what President Trump is doing. I believe he's going, he's getting ready to gear up to, to make an appearance on Joe Rogan. And I'll tell you what, if Joe Rogan goes to Rumble and Rumble's partnered with President Trump for Truth Social and all three of that goes to that area, what do you think that's going to do to Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube or what's left of them anyway? It's going to just destroy them. Maybe it was all part of the plan. I don't know. Long story short, folks, President Trump had some very harsh words, a suggestion saying, stop doing that. It's not you and it never will be. And he knows him personally, so I would take his I would take him at his word. I would take him at his word. Now, you know here on Live from America, we always leave you with a smile, right? And everybody knows that uh, Biden has a has a hard time speaking and talking, and he and he goes out there and true international depression and all that, right? Well, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I want to show you what somebody put together. They didn't edit it in any way. This is Joe Biden speaking, but the ca- the caption, the caption is what's the funny part. The caption actually says, Me trying to convince my wife. I'm not drunk after a night out with the boys. <laughs> Here you go. Hold on. Me trying to convince my wife that I'm not drunk after a night out with the boys. I don't want to get going because I have to keep you here too long because you know all what I'm about to, what I've said and you know what I've done and you know what we're doing and you know what I know what you're doing. <laughs> Let me close with this. I don't want to get going because I have to keep you here too long because you know all what I'm about to, what I've said and you know what I've done and you know what we're doing and you know what I know what you're doing. Let me close with this. Me trying to convince my wife I'm not drunk after a night out with the boys. What a great caption. And you know what? If it made you smile at the end of that show, it's pretty good, right? Look, I did not mean to make you down today. I did not mean to make you feel defeated or depressed or, or beaten down or stressed out or anxiety or any of that. The good news is, folks, is that we know all of this stuff. All that stuff that I reported to you today, we now know and we now know what to do. So I, will, I, I, I promise to always do that. That's how the show's always going to be. And some days we're going to have these days. Don't look at him as bad. Look at, him, look, look at it as, wow, I got some truth. Now I know what to go do with it. And as far as having um, Professor Toto on and having that constitutional debate, I would love to have that. I think that would be a great, great show. So if you guys can reach out to him, I'll reach out to him, tag me. We'll get him on the show, and we'll get Dave Shostokas on the show as well. And we'll have a beautiful, nice little constitutional debate over who was right, President Trump or Mike Pence. Ought to be fun. Anyway, folks, there are right ways and wrong ways, but there's only one Yahweh. So stand up tall, keep your shoulders back, keep your chest out, and keep your head up high, because you are a child of God, and no weapon formed against you will ever prosper. I'll see you tonight for a little bit better of a show. Got some good news coming tonight, 5 p.m., um, and we'll be recording, obviously, for Real America's Voice News, folks. Until then, keep your families close. Spread the gospel. Keep your head up. Everything's going to be all right. Love you. God bless. See you later. Bye.